Hey guys, welcome to JIB, Journey in the Bible. And like it has been our tradition, get your Bibles, well, Bibles, wherever you get your word, whether it's phone, iPhone, tablet, whatever you have, let the journey begin as we journey in the Bible today. As we journey in the Bible today, I have a guest and a friend, I should say. His name is Amon. Amon, interesting name. Let me bring Amon here on the show. Amon, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, bro. I'm doing great. I'm so happy to be here, you know, so happy to see you. So I can't really wait to get into this. Likewise, I'm so excited yeah. to have you. And you have a unique name, Amon, right? Tell, tell the viewers it's, what where's yeah. the name coming from? Um, yeah, my name actually. Um, my dad named me this name. He gave me this name after uh, a wealthy person um, mm. in Tanzania, where I grew up in East Africa. Yeah. Um, but when I got here, you know, I wanted to know what is the meaning of this name. You know, mm -hmm. um, I knew like it was named after this guy. You know, but I wanted to know the actual meaning of the name. Yeah. Um, and when I looked it up, um, I found that. He was actually uh, one of the Egyptians God, you know. Mm. Um, actually, he was the top God, which wow. would be like considered like uh, the father of all the gods they had in Egypt. Uh, wow. His name was Amon. The pronounce, you know, he has variant, um, right. variant pronunciation, but one of it is Amon. Mm. And when I looked into it, I found that that name it means the mystery of God or the unknown of God. You know, the things you mm. don't know about God. So I found it to be a very interesting name. Um, but before that, like all I knew about that name was just like, you know, the wealthy guy from the Bible, you oh, know, okay. the Ammon King, you know, those people are like, um, you know, wicked and stuff like that. But mm. um, yeah, me, wow. I'm, uh, I'm the opposite of that. Right. That's good. That's yes. good. Interesting. Yes. Interesting that that's your name is, you know, kind of Egyptian. And today we're talking about Egypt, right? Oh. <laughs> today we're oh, studying yes. right. Gen yes. Genesis yes. chapter 43, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. But before we even jump into, into the topic of today, uh, maybe tell the viewers, we know that your story, you, you told us that you, you were living in Tanzania, but now you're not in Tanzania, right? Are you? Yes, I'm not. I'm okay. Not. So where um, are you joining us from? So currently, I am in capital city of Canada, Ottawa, mm. um, in Ontario. That's where I'm, I am right now. Yeah. And um, yeah, so we just, you know, enjoying uh, fall now. Yeah, you know? fall, amazing, it's, amazing. Yeah. It's good. It's good to be. It's, it's good to be here, right? The fall season mm -hmm. is amazing. There's so many things you can learn from the fall season. That's right. And Amon is like three hours difference away from from my time zone. Obviously, it's far away. I, I'm in BC and he's all the way in Ottawa, so you can only yeah. tell how far apart that is. But today we are joined together to study God's word. And before we proceed, let us invite God to be the one guiding us today. And so join me now as we pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for journeying the Bible. An opportunity to study your word step by step, a chapter at a time. Father, I pray for those who are listening, watching, however they get this content. I pray that their hearts may be transformed by the power of the word. Now, Father, grant us your Holy Spirit. Forgive us of every iniquity 
And Lord, every word that you tell us today, teach us and give us the strength to obey. This is my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So we're looking at Genesis chapter 43. We had taken a week off. We didn't do anything for the past week. But now we are back and we continue journeying in the Bible. In the previous chapter, Genesis 42, Joseph had held Simeon in Egypt and sent the other brothers back to Canaan. But the agreement was that they should bring back Benjamin. And failure to do so, they would not be able to get back their brother. And the story becomes rather complicated because, like we saw in the previous chapter, Jacob refused to let Benjamin go to the point that he actually they had to finish all the food and when Jacob saw that food was was being you know like depleted in a sense he he now allowed the children uh, to take Benjamin to Joseph so verse 1 says that the famine was sore in the land Amon would you say that the famine of God's true word is sore in the world today when you look at the famine that's predicted in the Bible that one day people won't have the true word of God, do you see that the, the level of that is increasing today? Yeah, absolutely. That's a very interesting question. Um, mm -hmm. And also a question that I think, um, you know, just if you look in this world, you can actually see that mm -hmm. people are, you know, in hunger of the word of God. Yes. Um, here in this story, we see, as we said, in my version here, it says the hardest, there was uh, severe uh, feminine in the land you know yeah. um you know but when i look in this world right now where we're living there's a lot of um you know desire of the word of god mm -hmm. uh you know just seeing people for example looking at what's happening in afghanistan you know what's happening right. pretty much like poverty you know corrupted leaders like so many things that are wrong in this world mm -hmm. they can literally be solved um by the word of god you know you yes. can find solutions to all of that from the word of god you know the living bread so mm -hmm. i'll say um with confidence that yeah. yes you know this world we're living in right now is in a huge and um you know in um they are pretty much you know in hunger you yeah. know starving from the word of god that's right so yeah that's what we need right now we're just looking from different places but the right mm -hmm. place to go is in the bible you know that's where you can find our living bread I mean, that kind of answers our next question, which is obviously there's a malnutrition of God's word, if you like uh, to call it that. Or in a sense, let's say if you compare the church today to the church of the early, uh, uh, the early Christian church, you see mm -hmm. that there's just a huge difference, right? Today, the, the church is so weak. We rarely evangelize or share the gospel. We're not as excited about Jesus as they were. So, of course, there's a famine. And so what is the solution to that? And you kind of touched on it. You said we actually need to go back to the word. And that's why we have programs like Journey in the Bible, because we want to, you know, put God's word in our hearts. And that way we can meditate upon it. And slowly we can be transformed by the grace of God. So the, the answer to the question, which will be our next question, is what is the solution to this spiritual malnutrition? Well, Man shall not live by, by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So we need to learn to live by God's word. And it's, it doesn't come easy, but it's something that we need today. Now, when you read verse number five, it says, 
But if thou wilt not send him, speaking of Benjamin, if you don't send him, we will not go down. For the man said unto us, Ye shall not see my face, except your brother be with you. Now, this is very interesting. What do you think is the spiritual application or significance of this verse? Um, yeah, this is a very good uh, you know, verse, uh, especially that talks to us as Christians of our, of our time. Yeah. Uh, oftentimes we see God as a genie, you know, or this person who ran to and have problems or just, you know, say all our problems and we expect him to just give us, you know, the solutions or uh, blessings, you know. Yeah. But here we see that a relationship between, you know, Joseph and his mm -hmm. brothers uh, mm -hmm. was not just Joseph giving. It was also, they were also required to give something, which mm -hmm. was Benjamin, as we saw in the story, right. you know. So I think that even us, when we come to Christ, the spiritual aspect I see from this verse is that mm. when we come to, to God, we shouldn't be just seeing him as like, the relationship shouldn't be a one-way relationship, mm. you know? Mm. It should be a two-way road where we give and receive. Right. You know, if you look in the Bible, God made a lot of, uh, you know, covenants. And yeah. both those covenants were not just like one way, right? No. People had to do, they had their part to mm -hmm. play in the covenant and God had his part, you know? Yeah. So I think here, um, the, the spiritual aspect or application to this verse is that, um, you know, God requires something from us and mm -hmm. we need to give that, you know, uh, before he gives us the blessings, you know? It's pretty much the relationship between him and us should be mm -hmm. a two-way road. Like That's we right. give and receive, you know? I love that. Yeah, whether it requires to give up something mm -hmm. or, you know, stuff like that, yeah. That's yeah. how I see it. That's so true. And we did kind of touch on that in the previous episode where we spoke about, you know, the reciprocity of the relationship between us and God, how we're supposed to, you know, know God and God know us. So that's very interesting mm. to talk about. You know, the other spiritual thing I see here is, um, you know, we have this theme as we journey in the Bible that um, you search the scriptures for in them you think you have eternal life, but that they which testify of me. So we want to see Jesus in every text, Jesus in every chapter, Jesus in every book of the Bible. And when I was reading this verse, I thought of Jesus Christ and the Father and us. You know, when Adam and Eve sinned, God gave them a condition in a sense to say, you will never see me again except you bring someone else, in a sense. And we, we know that that's Jesus Christ because the relationship was broken here. And so they had someone had to, to be like an intermediary, right? If the, the brothers of Joseph didn't bring Benjamin, they would die of hunger. That's how I think about it because Joseph would not, had told them explicitly that I would not, you will not see my face except you bring your brother. And that's very interesting when you think about Jesus Christ, because Jesus says of himself that I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father but by me. So that shows the true position of Jesus Christ. Today in the world, people are trying to marginalize Jesus and just call him another man and saying that, you know, all the faith in the world are the same. But Jesus Christ is clearly different because it says that he's the way, the truth, and the life, and no one gets to the Father but by
by him. So we see here in the story that Benjamin, in a sense, uh, typifies Jesus Christ, who is the only way to the Father. So I found that to be particularly interesting. And as we continue learning here, for example, when you go to verse number 8, we see that it says, And Judah said unto Israel his father, Send the lad with me, and we will arise and go, that we may live and not die, both we and thou, and also our little ones. So, based on everything I've said, and what verse 8 says, how does Benjamin now represent fully the, the role of Jesus Christ in our salvation, and how does our life depend upon him, given the verse we just read? Um, yeah, I mean, you said it, and I found it really that I found that really um, intriguing. Mm-hmm. Um, how Jesus is the mediator, you know, between us and God, you know. And as you said, we had that bridge before, you know. Yeah, we were connected us and God, you know. God would come like visit Adam and Eve in the garden, you know. Mm-hmm. Pretty much there was like that close bond between the two. Right. Um, but because of sin, that bridge was broken. Uh, and now, in order to reconcile, we needed someone to come and build that bridge, you know. And it can't be just any person. It has to be a qualified and efficacious person, you know, who is qualified to be able to do that job. Yeah. And here in the same story, we see the same thing, you know. Mm. Joseph was not looking for just any of his brother. He was no. a specific brother, you know. Wow. If they would have brought someone else, would have been no. No. <laughs> so, um, yeah, here I see definitely Benjamin, um, you know, foreshadowing. Uh, mm-hmm. the role of just Christ between humanity and God, mm-hmm. uh, being that person who, uh, being the mediator, you know, who unites mm-hmm. us to God. So, wow. um, yeah, so that's how, as you said again, you know, that's, I think, one of the things we actually miss when reading this chapter, we miss that, mm-hmm. you know, this portion of the story, how Benjamin is playing such a crucial role, you know. Right. As you said, if, would have, if Joseph would have not seen him, that's an interesting thought right imagine and it's it's interesting right for god so loved the world that that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes on him should not perish but have everlasting life it's interesting because you know you would think that um joseph wouldn't be that cruel right i mean he would just find a way but it seems like there's no other way it has to be through benjamin and I think that's the emphasis that God is trying to tell us. Sometimes we think that, you know, God will understand, but there's no other way. It has to be through Jesus. And if we don't believe in Jesus, we are going to die. And there's no other way. So that's an interesting uh, thought. And what I love about the Bible is that everyone really in the Bible somehow shows, foreshadows, or typifies the character of Jesus Christ. And by extension, even ourselves, we have been given the privilege of not foreshadowing, but after following after the example of Jesus Christ, right? And if we see here Judah also exemplifying the character or the role of Jesus Christ, Judah pleads with his father to let Benjamin go with them. And that, that speaks to, you know, something about Jesus Christ pleading with his father as well to die for us it was not easy we did touch on that in in the previous episode that just as it was not easy for jacob to let benjamin go uh, or even abraham to give isaac it was not easy for god either to give jesus christ 
and but but we see Jesus Christ offering himself and we are told those a council in heaven where Jesus Christ said I will die for them and that's why Jesus Christ is called the lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world because this plan was no accident it was it was always there God had as in mind that if they sin I will die for them and so I think that's something we need to be grateful for and also as we spend time thinking about what Jesus did for us it will literally change our lives as well and that's when true conversion begins to happen and so Judah mentions to to his father and he says except we had lingered he said we had returned this second time maybe let me find that verse so it, so it makes sense right and that's verse number 10 Judah has pleaded with his father and said I will be the one responsible for Benjamin. If anything happens to him, I will be responsible. And verse 10 Judah says, "For except we had lingered, surely now we had returned this second time." Right? Let maybe let's let's unpack that a little bit so it makes sense, right? Judah is saying, "Father, give me Benjamin." Because all the food is gone all the food is almost finished let's say and he says you know what if we had not waited this long we'll be back by now because all we need is benjamin and then everything will be fixed now the question i have now is this looking at that verse does it tell you something about the delay of 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 the 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 second return of Jesus Christ. And I know it's it, it's almost like an extrapolation just pulling a text here and and joining with something else in the future but but join me on this journey. It's journey in the Bible, right? <laughs> so so Jesus we, we know that Jesus uh, Jesus Christ said I will return soon. But if you look at the natural events of things, he hasn't returned yet and we wonder why. Obviously, there has been a delay because because it's it's very clear uh in in the book of uh, I think it's uh, one of the letters of Peter he says that do not count you know all this uh, slackness because God is um is long suffering to us what not willing that any should perish so of, of course God has prolonged the time but now the question i have is because the way the verse was written here it's it's as if Judah is blaming his father right if you had given us benjamin uh, by now we should we should be back but we had lingered a little we had lingered that's why it's taking too long so in short here's the question for you amon is the delay of god uh, uh in this sense of his second return is it god's fault or is it our fault um so when i look at it i mean that's a very a uh, popular question mm-hmm. and that has led a lot of people to uh or that has increased apostasy in the church you know so mm-hmm. many people are leaving literally the church just because of that question mm-hmm. they go up hearing it just coming just right. coming today tomorrow you know anytime be ready yeah their grandparents our grandparents grew up hearing the same thing mm-hmm. you know so people be like bro it's been centuries and we've not seen him let's just eat you know right. let's leave the church you know mm-hmm. this is the joke mm-hmm. literally this same question asking has led so many people outside of the church right you know, they're leaving the church because they're seeing that people have been lying 
mm-hmm. um, that Jesus is coming in has not come yet. But to answer your question, um, I think it's Matthew 24 that says, uh, until the message will be spread, you know, to mm-hmm. all nations, and uh, until the kingdom of God is preached to all nations. Right. Um, and the people are responsible to do that. It's us, you know, wow. that's our responsibility. You know, so God told us, Jesus told us what is going to, what we have to do before he comes. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's up to us to either, you know, hasten in that process or not. Wow. Um, and, you know, as you said also that, you know, God also have seen that if he would not, if he would not, if he um, does not shorten the period, a lot of people, right. you know, we lose salvation, right? Right. So <laughs> he's even helping us to, like he's he's even shortening the period so he can come faster you know right. it's just up to us like to fasten things uh another thing i want to mention mm-hmm. um personally um i don't believe that just can come anytime and okay. the reason why i don't believe that is because uh, i know there are certain events that must take place before jesus comes you know he can't just mm-hmm. come like that you know okay we know first that um first the the uh Three angel message, the third angel message must be preached. Right. We know that there has to be the mark, of the mark of the beast. You know, has to be in place. Mm-hmm. There have to be, um, you know, in the war of Armageddon. Like there are certain events that are mentioned in prophecy right. that must take place before he comes. You know, we don't know when those events are going to are going to take place, mm-hmm. but we know for sure they have to take place before he comes. Right. So we haven't seen some of those events. So for me, um, yes. We, the question we should be actually saying is that mm-hmm. we should be re- like getting ready because we don't know when we can take our last breath. Right. You know, because we can take a last breath, that's it for you. Like <laughs> right. you done. don't have a second chance, you know. Mm-hmm. So because we don't know when, then therefore we should be ready all the time. You know, instead of thinking like let's be ready because it's gonna come anytime, we should be thinking like let's be ready because we don't know when it's gonna be our last day. When are we mm-hmm. gonna take out from this world? You know, so. Right. Um, yeah, I would say, you know, what we gotta do, we have our part to play, as I said earlier, you know, mm-hmm. Jesus said he's gonna come, yes, but we also have to something to do in that process, you know, before he comes, yeah. which is to spread the good news, the the kingdom of God in the world, you know, to let people know about uh, what Jesus have done for them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so for me, that's how I see the second coming of Jesus. So knowing that there are certain events that must take place has mm-hmm. literally like given me uh, hope, hope, uh, encouraging, <laughs> encouraging me, encouraging me uh, to stay, you know, steadfast in my faith. So hope as in there's more time left. <laughs> <laughs> yes, because so many people have lost hope, man. You know, that's why they're leaving the church. Yeah, that's right. Interesting, interesting though. You're saying uh, that the the kingdom of of the go- the gospel really must be preached to all the world. But is it is it any gospel, right? Because uh, Jesus mm. says this gospel of the kingdom. It's, it seems to be a very specific gospel. And like you alluded to, uh, you spoke of the third angel's message that needs to be preached as well. And it's part of the everlasting gospel of Revelation chapter 14. And that's the message that needs to go to the world. Or we will linger longer here. Because if people don't know the like you mentioned, exactly the nature of, of how the world is going to end, the decisions they'll have to make, then the world is not going to end because God is a fair God and he's long-suffering. He doesn't want any to perish, which means 
He will go to the maximum amount of lengths to ensure that everyone is saved. Everyone will be given an opportunity to be saved. So, and we are the active agents in the process. We need to um, spread the, the word of God, specific word of God, the three angels' messages as, as outlined in Revelation chapter 14. Well, that was a mouthful. Let's jump to verse number 11. How does verse 11 relate to the story of the Magi bringing their gifts to Jesus? And why is the word best very important when it comes to what we give to Jesus? Let me read, or actually, I will ask you to read verse number 11. Uh, okay, so Genesis chapter 40, uh, 43, yes. uh, verse 11 reads, Then their father, Israel, said it to them, If it must be, then do this. Put some of the best products Mm. of the land in your bags and take them down into the man as a gift mm. a little bowl and a little honey some spices and mirror some pisto, pisto, pistachio nuts chio nuts and almonds pistachio nuts and almonds interesting right mm. <laughs> I, I love how how uh, Jacob and the brothers refer to to Joseph as the man <laughs> Like the man, because at this, at this point yeah. they didn't know who it was. It's like the man said, mm -hmm. <laughs> interesting. So the uh, Israel, who is Jacob, gives them or at, at least tells them to get gifts, fruits. And here in my version, it says, um, and carry down the man a present, a little balm, a little honey, spices, myrrh, nuts, and almonds. How does this relate to the story of Jesus Christ when he was just born and the three wise men uh, bring their gifts to him. How does he relate? And then the next part of the question is, why is the word best, best product? I, lo I love your version, best product. <laughs> why is that important when it comes to what we give to Jesus Christ? Um, first, you know, when it comes to giving, Mm -hmm. uh, as Christians, sometimes we're like we're really selfish. You know, we try to give right. God, uh, you know, the worst, the things that are, you know, um, that have like spots. You know, the things mm -hmm. that are um, that are not in the best quality. You know, like right. if you have clothes, you try to give God the one that is already, you know, worn out and you know, torn and stuff like that instead of yeah. your best. You know, uh, but when you look in the Bible, like there are so many examples where. Uh, actually kings you know they would give for example look at daniel right mm -hmm, the guy mm -hmm. interpreted the, um, the vision of the king and guess right. what they said we're gonna give you this and that you know yeah like there's so many prophets in the bible whenever they do something mm -hmm. the worldly the secular kings they would give them like gold you know like i'm talking like those precious stones you know yeah that's what they would give them you know but when it comes to us we try to give that like you know the little stuff you know the small mm -hmm. stuff so yeah. um when I hear of this, like when when you talk about the uh, birth of Jesus Christ, you know mm -hmm. he was a king, you know who was who was uh, born, right? Yeah. So of course, you know you gotta give it the best you have. Uh, also reminds me of the story of the prodigal son. You know mm -hmm. the father gave the best he had in his hair, right? Mm -hmm. So the word best here, um, it's the way I understand, the way I see it, is to give. The one that is the best out of the 
pile, you know, out of yeah. the thing you have, you know, mm. um, just like the sacrificial, um, like animals that are to right. be given, right? That would be give spotless. The best one. That is blameless. That, that mm. is blemish. Uh, blame whatever spotless. Uh, yeah. You know, with that blame, like right. the best. That's what they would give. So even us, when we come to God, we need to give the best of what we have. You know, whether it's our time, whether it's um, you know products such as I don't know clothes. Like pretty much, it's not <laughs> just about like money. You know, because right now money, like you can't really say this is better money than this i don't make sense but <laughs> the same um, value right yeah actually even to money though it still applies because some people like they may have a note mm. that's torn like that, that has a ring and it's right to, to you know to put a tape on it and i to, see and give that curve, you know it still applies so i'm guilty case, of that i used to do that like, you know brand new you know yeah so yeah i would say um the way i see the word best is pretty much the best out of all you have you know just like god himself he gave us his only begotten son you know that was his best so uh wow. yeah that's how i see the, this also i see when you give your best mm-hmm. there's also like deep um i don't know like you give him with kind of like you, you know with your with, with all your heart, heart you know it's yeah. not you're not just giving because you're told to give you know right you give him because you understand why you need to give you know mm-hmm so yeah amazing that's that's really awesome and uh you know there's a there's a statement a quote rather from a certain book it says that god will accept nothing less than the best that we can give so that's actually a requirement um like you mentioned in the sacrificial services they had to bring uh the one the the animal that didn't have any spots the one that was blameless right and we are also admonished in the book of Romans chapter 12 to present our bodies a living sacrifice holy and acceptable unto God which means there's a sacrifice that's not acceptable and another one that's acceptable so we should strive to give God our best when we do our services for God everything we do but the really best that God is looking for is our heart a full surrender that's the best of the best it's not about the things that you do it's about you giving your entire heart to him and that's what he's looking for uh for the for the most part that's the main thing he's looking for now we spoke about benjamin representing jesus in a sense but let's break this down even more why is the presence of benjamin a good enough reason for joseph upon seeing him to say these men will dine with me at first he, he kind of like had a distance between him and his brothers and said okay let me test them from a distance right but when he saw benjamin right away he said prepare the tables i'm dining with them why why is why is benjamin a good enough reason his presence being there what's so special about benjamin um so what's special about him uh we know that he was sold joseph was sold by his brothers right um you know as a result he obviously he lost trust you know mm. uh he didn't like he, didn't, he no longer trust them because he knew like these guys you know they sold me they you know did this to me mm-hmm. so he lost trust um right. and what he went through is a lot you know mm. he went in jail slave like did so many things that um mm. 
was a result of what they did to him. So now seeing these guys uh, or his brothers coming, you know, looking for food, um, he wanted to see if they actually, if they have changed, you know, if they are still the same, uh, if they still have that same heart of stone, mm. you know, of envy, you know, that's what we want to test. Mm. Uh, and he asked them, you know, is your is your father still alive? Mm -hmm. uh, do you have a little brother? You know, so he went to he asked he first asked them those questions to see if they have changed. You know, if they're being truthful. Uh, mm -hmm. And now when they said yes, they do. He told them to bring him. And when he saw him, he's like, wow. So now you guys are being truthful. You know, like you yeah. didn't lie to me. You know. So I think when he saw them actually bringing Benjamin, mm -hmm. it vindicated uh, their trust you know like right yeah it just proved to joseph that they're trust trustworthy you know he can mm -hmm. trust them like what they told him is happening they told him that they uh the young brother still alive and here they bring oh they still have a young brother and he had to bring him so it just um uh, makes him you know know that yes these guys now have they have changed you know they're being truthful to me so um i think i think you know he's he he allowed them to dine with him because mm. um seeing benjamin it just brought that trust back you know and he was like yeah. okay so now i can dine with you guys you know you my brothers uh so let's you know let's feast you know mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so yeah i would say he was pretty much that reconciliation you know he was like that symbol of reconciliation you know if right. i see benjamin and mm -hmm. you guys bring him then we're going to reconcile we're gonna i love you know, that yeah i love that benjamin was enough it's like yeah i think that was the final taste he gave them at least the one that really made him think you know okay they're, they're being truthful now i can trust them again a little bit now the word dine is interesting and very important he said i will dine with them i will have a feast with them how does verse 16 which if if I was actually, you, well, I'll read 16 and then I'll ask you to read another verse. Verse 16 says, And when Joseph saw Benjamin with them, he said to the ruler of his house, Bring these men home and slay and make ready, for these men shall dine with me at noon. Now, read verse, uh, sorry, read John chapter 14, verse 23. John 14 23 and as you read the question is how does these two verses relate to each other how do they compare what's the comparison between them so John 14 verse 23, 23 yeah it is written Jesus answered and said to him unto him if a man love me he will keep my words mm. and my father will love him and we will come unto him and make our a bond with him. Right. Yes. Can you repeat your question again? What is the relationship between these two verses? Okay, so again, here we see that Jesus saying, you know, um, if a man love me, Right? That reminds me directly of uh, where I just said, you know, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. That's how you show love to Christ. Um, now, if you love him, 
he said, him, you know, God Father, they will come and dwell in you and live. Um, and in um, uh, Genesis, we saw that um, Joseph commanded his steward. In my version, there is the word steward, or I think yours was manager or something. Um, yeah, servants, I think. Yeah, he was, he was told to, you know, um, slaughter an animal or mm. prepare pretty much food, you know, for the feast they're going to have at home. Yeah. Um, so here, the parallel between these two verses is that, you know, again, um, you do something, you know, for God. There's like, there's a condition there, you know? <laughs> right. There's a condition. I just said, if you love me, then will do what will come and dwell in you. So Joseph also, as we, as we mentioned earlier, uh, he said, you know, if you guys should bring Benjamin, then, you know, I'm going to give you all this stuff you want. So mm-hmm. the same thing, like, it was that condition um, Joseph had, like, made with him, you know? Uh, so now I've seen Benjamin, so let's now feast. It's pretty much the result of fulfilling the condition, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or doing what is in the condition or whatever contract. So you have brought Benjamin, so now let's feast, you know? Um, the same thing goes to God. You have loved me, so now I'm going to dwell in you. I'm going to change your heart. So for me, that's the parallel between these two verses, yeah. that when you fulfill the condition or uh, you fulfill whatever the command is, then you get what you're supposed to get, you know? Yeah. If it's feast, you get feast. If it's God dwelling in you, that's what you get. So yeah, there's a condition pretty much. That's what I see between the two verses. Right. That's that's very important because um, there's a condition for receiving the blessings of God, the privileges of God. And the the condition, like you rightly mentioned, is, you know, obedience, right? And uh, I know right now most people in the world don't believe in obedience anymore uh, because most say that the law is done away with. But Clearly, from these old stories and even from the New Testament, we see that uh, if you compare both verses, Joseph's brothers really obeyed him. They, they did what he told them. They brought Benjamin. And because of that, that is essentially obedience. That's how you test loyalty and that's how you test love. It's essentially when it comes to God and us, if we love him, we show it by doing what he says so that's a very interesting and very important thing to always remember that we show that we love him by doing what he says and when we do what he says he will come and be with us and dwell with us the holy spirit in acts 5 32 is given to those who obey and we know that you know jesus christ can only dwell in that in us right now through the person of the Holy Spirit because Jesus is in heaven interceding for us but through his Holy Spirit we are able to connect with him and we're able to have that communion so obedience is very important and uh, I think it's something that we need to always uh, uh, practice and ask God for the energy and strength to do that so this concludes our discussion but how does the story end I'm testing if you read the chapter now. <laughs> um, so for me, I would say, you know, he ended very well. I would say what well, he has a happy ending. 
because okay. as we're seeing you know um they came together again uh you know mm-hmm. they reunited but as we are feasting we see at the end that you know benjamin is getting more food you know than the rest of his brothers so right. that 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 was a very interesting thing um you know joseph did there um but in general the ending is satisfying you know to see them come together again um you know his brothers finding out oh this is actually a brother you know yeah and re- remembering you know all those visions joseph had it's just happening it's just joyful and <laughs> yeah yeah amazing yeah that's good and and i think the ending of the story is interesting it, it reminds me it's similar i should say to the ending of our stories as well you know sometimes we pass through in our spiritual experience uh we go through you know different experiences stages or seasons and and sometimes it feels like it's test after test trial after trial and for me this story ends with another test really it's just test after test after test and that's the nature of the conflict uh that we are in it never stops it never stops you have to keep fighting you have to keep choosing right you have to keep giving your best to god because the reason why he he gave more to benjamin was not because he was you know practicing favoritism so to speak but it was another test to the brothers to see how they would regard him now how would they treat benjamin now that he has more than they right so that was a further test and i think i think they passed right they did well <laughs> so that shows that they had really uh they had really been changed or at least the change was beginning to happen and i pray that this conversion that is happening in joseph brothers who would say they were christians by the way and yet they did all the all the things they did if god can change them and bring them to to a place of you know change and it's very interesting because they didn't change like randomly they met joseph who really typified jesus so they met jesus christ and because of that because joseph forgave them which shows how god also forgave them they were able to change so forgiveness is so powerful and my praise that you will experience that forgiveness that comes from god well amon thank you so much for this journey i hope you guys enjoyed and uh, i can't wait to see you as we dive into genesis chapter 44 And so make sure that you are there when we do that. If you like this video, be sure to like, subscribe and share to your friends. See you in the next episode.